A podcast network. Hi, I'm Natasha Legero, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. If you put a Mormon and a meth head on Radio 8 Ball, this is what that show will sound like. Yeah. And welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions. I'm your host, Andras Jones, hanging out in the studio with me, Andras Jones, as the musical guest providing the oracle fodder by playing songs by artists who have been on Radio 8 Ball in the past and hanging out with the hosts of... I guess probably my newest favorite podcast, Mormon Aww, and the Meth Head. Thank welcome, you. welcome back. We just spent a uh, a uh, exciting, deep, profound, and challenging first segment with. Now, I, I'm I, I guess I'm hedging on this because I keep saying Jess Jessa. It's Jessa. Yes, Jessa. I should know this because I listen to the show so much. But I know. Uh, I think he calls me Jessica a lot. Yeah, sometimes. Maybe that's why I get confused. Why do you? Why are you confusing me, Aaron? I just like calling because I. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I like her it. Jessica. <laughs> <She> <laughs> uh, so, uh, so I, I started. So you're and you're the you're the Mormon of the group, the ex Mormon of the group. That's correct. I I turned I I I took a bunch. I took a, a whole family away from the Mormon Church. An entire family. Yes. Well, not well. An entire wing of a family. In okay. that. So I I. Met my wife at the Nevada nuclear test site protesting nuclear testing because you're downwinders there in Utah. And, wow. And okay. and she was this hippie runaway Mormon. She wasn't a Mormon anymore, but she still lived at her mom's place in Kearns, Utah. Ooh, Kearns. Yeah. And uh, and so we got we we met there and we fell in love and we hung out and then we were gonna go on a, go out traveling in my van and my van broke down on the way to Utah. And she was like, well, you, I was like, well, I got to stay at your place. She's like, well, you can't stay at my place because we're not married and we'd be on the same roof. I was like, well, why don't, we're near Vegas. Let's just get married. So we did. Whoa. So we got married and showed up at her house. Because that, that's a much better story to tell mom. Like, I, can't, I can't imagine. No one thought, like, maybe you should sleep on the couch. No. You were just like. And she was, she was, she's this wonderful, tiny little German woman. Uh, they became Mormons to get away from the Nazis because the Nazis honored more like we're like oh you mormons don't uh protest so you get to Dude, you get what? a free pass for, for real there's yeah. a uh you can i've i've only read a little bit of it but there was a time in mormon history where they were supporting oh Nazi yeah no Germany. no there no this was before their... world war ii like officially broke out and yeah. stuff but like in the in the 30s uh mormons were uh nazi sympathizers oh no well yeah, I, they... and my there's a picture of my my mother-in-law as a child in a school uniform with a swastika on it. And I was, so, like, they that's how they survived and they escaped and they came here. Anyway, so I stayed there. We got married. We ended up staying together for a long time. And we moved up to Olympia, Washington. Her sister moved. Then the mother moved. They all left and they moved to Olympia, Washington, the home of, you know, environmentalists, riot girls, lesbians, and communists. And eventually, we just is they, that they, is that on is that the motto of Olympia? Basically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Our, drive into town. Ever, the Evergreen State College. The the mascot is a gooey duck, which is 
a clam that is both male and female and has a gigantic lesbian. Basically the same thing. It's basically economist. Didn't he say communist? Communist. Oh, I thought you said economist. Okay. Socialist, really. But point is. We got the Mormon, like, and then. Wait, how old were you, and what year was that when you guys married in Vegas? Uh, nineteen ninety-two, seven eleven ninety-two. Dang, good number because seven yeah. plus two is eleven. Seven, anyway. Very good number. Yes, yeah, sure. great. You know, the, the synchronicities around it were amazing. We wrote it out for. We were together for eleven years. Dang, twelve years, eleven, twelve years. Yeah. But. And how old were you when you got when you met? I was twenty-two, and she was twenty-three. Dang. We just and it was amazing. It was great. I well, it was great for I me. I get mad when everyone's marriage lasts longer than mine. Like, <laughs> no, yours. But <sighs> I'm mad because we never had kids. We so she like she hasn't. She is. She's a Gemini. She doesn't like the reason I said that at the beginning in the theme of like I hope this is a show she likes is like I was thinking when I was getting ready for this. Oh, this might be a show. I bet she listens to listens to your show. Like I bet you know in that sort of. Oh. Freaky ex-Mormon community. I bet that someone in her family listens to the show, and I'll be like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna listen to this and I... miss me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I I think all the time. I hope no one in my ex's family ever listens to our podcast. God, I hope. No, not. I know they it's don't. It's gonna be so bad when someone listens to it. But it might. Ha- this is where it might. Yeah. This is where it all might mm-hmm. meet for me. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, so that that story is so. When you tell your story, oh, I was gonna say it, but you have kids, so you have had to work it out. I am so envious of people who are married. And they break up, but they have kids, so they have to stay together. I feel like it's so selfish, but there's a part of me that wants to go back and time travel and be like, okay, we just got to have have one kid so that we have to still that's talk to one each way, other. That's one way to look at it, man. I ne- I always felt the opposite. I was like, if we if we hadn't had a kid together, uh, this would be so much easier. Or, uh, you know, like I wouldn't, I, w- I could have just moved away and never, ever thought about you or seen you ever again and just and just left but like the fact that i have to be in constant communication with you it's so painful the fact that i have to see your face when we uh exchange uh, our child is so painful and i hated it and i was like ah oh, divorce has got to be so much easier for you guys without kids oh mm. you know it's mm. way better only if you hate the person you were married to i think yeah uh no well, the pain is always greener i guess is the mm. is the idea so mm. uh, you know, so uh, in the last segment, you said something. I wanted—I sort of put a pin in it because I wanted to wait till we were focused on you. But so you, one of the things, uh, I had this big sort of, I don't know, it's like the ego realization. I had, I did, uh, I had this sort of internal marriage realization. Have you talked about that on your show? Like the idea of the internal marriage, sort of a tantric idea. That basically no. you, you, like it's the idea of, uh, you know, monks will do this. They'll try and they'll meditate to sort of to merge their own masculine and feminine so that they complete themselves, basically. So if you can Tying? be a complete thing, then you can then... Like the oyster from Olympia? Like it's not an oyster, the gooey duck, but <laughs> gooey yes, duck. yes. Yeah. Uh, like that, yeah. And so I had, in, so in the process of working with, working through this, I had this realization that the, ang- like what, the mad, ang- the sort of, the ego voice that you sort of described, the mm-hmm. the oppressive voice that says you suck and like is you think of it like to me, I always thought it as like the well, the toxic masculine part of myself. And then I realized that it was actually the feminine part of my 
that it's actually the feminine voice that and she's not really she's actually just this really intense protector for that's how I've that's how I flipped the script oh, on we her. We have uh, covered uh, we've done a lot of talking about internal voices. Yeah. And uh, at one point I like battled this voice within me and like conquered it and then realized that like oh this serves a purpose subpersonalities I learned a lot about. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought when you were saying that you're I was wondering have you ever thought that that because when you were describing that voice I was like oh yeah that's I have a like there's a word that uh women generally don't like to be called but she likes to be called it okay <laughs> so but she likes to be called it though. I don't you know that's how she refers to herself and she said she actually says that word a lot um, but I don't. I don't like to throw it around willy nilly. <laughs> but I think you know the word I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. Secretary. No, sorry, I knew it. I know. Secretary. No. I, <laughs> I swear, she likes to be called it. No. You have to take my word for it. She. Uh. And I've met women, and I think I grew, I grew up raised by a lot of angry feminist women in the '70s, and so there's a certain tone of like, I'm a. I'm gonna fucking get you know, you know. Yeah, they claim that word. Yeah, and that's what. You, and she is, yeah, and she is like that in my head. And when I, but and when I hear her going now, I'm like, okay, well, what, what do I, what do I need protecting from? And it might be you, it might be her. But yeah. then, even if I know that, then there's a part of me. It's like, okay, cool. You know, yeah, I think she's a real, mm, yeah. Like Jessa uh, has come to come to this realization more than than me i think but like uh even something that starts out with good intentions they're like okay uh i have to protect i have to protect little jessica uh so um it did but if it grows unchecked it uh it gets out of control and gets uh harmful you know like even if it's something started with the intention to protect you and it yeah. has that it has Absolutely. that goal in mind like you still need to be conscious of it and in control of it and tell it when to stop and tell it when it's wrong and like listen to it uh take its ad- advice under consideration and then make your own decision because uh when you just let it run unchecked at least i feel for me i mean i'm going to think about that uh, i'm trying to pay attention to more masculine and feminine voices in my head i like that for me i just um i had a a pretty mean inner monologue my whole life and i never really liked myself and i and i never could stand to be alone i was always with other people i hated being alone because I hated myself and like to be alone with my own thoughts was just so oh what a it was just burdens I did I tried to avoid it in any uh in any way possible so I would surround myself with friends or with crowds that were you know made me that like I needed other people to like me because I couldn't give that to myself and then I had the realization in the last year uh slowly over time but culminating in a big event that that voice that was been in my head that was so mean this whole time wasn't me it wasn't actually me those aren't my thoughts it's just like that that to realize that we all have an ego that is separate from us that just tells us that that like that that makes us believe that those thoughts are just us and those are all the thoughts we have and we all have it and to find out that you know philosophers and 
uh, and psychologists and psychiatrists have all studied this and have all come to the same conclusion was mind-blowing to me. And I, and I was able to finally hear that voice for what it was. And it was like, whoa, okay. I don't hate myself. You do. And, uh, and I don't have to believe everything you say. And it was a really big deal for me. And I feel like that instance alone has led me to a greater happiness and spirituality that I had so desperately thirsted after my whole religious life. I loved, I loved religion because I wanted to find more. I wanted there to be answers and I wanted to find, uh, uh, spiritualism and I wanted to, uh, go to heaven and get more knowledge and become a better person. And I loved, I loved the idea of being Christ-like and like just constantly challenging myself to improve this part of myself and that part of myself. And I could be kinder. I could do more service. I could be, uh, wear your flip-flops less on campus. (laughs) (laughs) Solid callback. Yeah. There's a, there, uh, I was so scared to leave religion because I thought that then there would be nothing. I thought that saying that religion wasn't true was admitting that there was none of that that I craved. And uh, all the this journey that I went on, I thought was going to be like, how, what, what is life like in the secular world? But now I've, I've kind of almost come full circle where I'm like back to being a, a spiritual person that focuses on improving himself and realize that like uh, all the stuff that I liked about religion exists outside of it but without limitations like you can do all the same personal growth but without any rules about uh spaghetti straps and shoulders and flip-flops and like like all these other things that were very restrictive and like if you listen to the last episode jessa talked about how she's uh you know an oracle person she looks for answers to whatever she's meditating on everywhere i that's what got me so excited about this episode i i would do that but I, I would pray. I would have. There was something that I was working on, something I needed answers to. I would pray, and I would be like, "I'm going to look for this answer," but I would only look for it in a few places, namely the scriptures, right. or like, or like in church, listening to a talk. I was, I was open to finding these answers, but in just like a few different mediums. And uh, Jessa, in the beginning, seemed so cuckoo and so crazy and so nuts. That, uh, but it's like she was just doing the exact same thing that I already believed in, but uh, was open to more mediums. She didn't restrict herself. She was, if you know, a newspaper has an answer for me, uh, then the newspaper has an answer for me. Right. If uh, if uh, a person, a homeless person holding a cardboard sign has the answer for me, then that's where I got my answer from. You know, and uh, I liked that. So. I actually had a friend who was my mission companion. Mormons do this two-year mission. Oh, no, I'm very familiar with the missions, yeah. Uh, yeah. And my one of my best, most favorite com- companions was Spencer, and he would tell me how he would uh, sit in his car as a teenager, and he would put his CD player on shuffle and ask questions and hit the shuffle button. And it would be like, if he could get... That's the pop oracle, baby. If he yep. get Genius. six, it was like, like, if he told me, it was just, you know, like high school boy stuff, which was like, should I... Is, does this girl like me? Yeah. Should I ask her out? And then it would be like track six. And he's like, okay, 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 okay. All right, if it plays track six again, then I'll definitely ask oh, her out. Sick. And it would be. And he'd be yeah. like, oh my goodness, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So when I first heard about your podcast, Andres, I was I immediately thought of Spencer. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. Right. 
Excellent. Excellent. Well, shout out to Spencer. Yeah, that's the that's I think that's kind of how we all I mean, everyone has their first moments of something synchronous, some kind of synchronicity happen. It's like it's such an essential human experience, I think. So, you know, absolutely. And like we uh, I think that there were things that seemed weird to me about like, like just you guys, you guys, when I was a uh, Mormon, I would have thought y'all were kind of weird. And I think that there are lots of Mormons, like my relatives, my friends, who would hear this conversation right now and would go, all right, they're a little cuckoo uh, they're, they're talking about. You know, they really think you can get answers from songs. But uh, I just saw all the similarities that uh, we, because we as Mormons already did that. We would, they go to general conference with questions on our mind and then listen to people speak and then find the que- the answers for ourselves in the words that they spoke. And uh, that didn't seem weird to us, but we believed that they were called of God and given priesthood, and that's why they were our oracles. Right. And, the, and so for me, it was like uh, a little hard to accept that anything could be an oracle because I liked the fact like that there was this single truth right like we and we had it and other people didn't and like uh God God uh would speak through this and through nothing else what a limited God yeah what a limited uh restrict I put so many restrictions on the universe and I thought that only these few people had truth and only these few people could answer my questions. And now I feel like, uh, well, I think we all answer our own questions. It's all just happening in our own mind by the way we interpret our surroundings. And so why not just be open to finding answers anywhere? Such as through the Pop Oracle. The Pop Oracle. And I think that's, I think you set up your question pretty perfectly there. Okay. And uh, I should just say, I just want to say one thing. I don't actually believe that... Uh, songs can answer questions I mean yes I believe that I believe that we that everything is a reflection that ever that the universe provides us the perfect reflection at any given moment and that the answer that's right in this moment may not be the right answer in another moment and one of the games of being truly a synchro mystic is never getting too hung up on today's synchronicity enjoy it and then get ready for the next one because it's all there's that's just the way the flow of things works so you will get the perfect answer for this moment but another answer is coming and it might completely contradict it and also be totally right Both in a minute were right yep. yeah Damn. Mm-hmm. yeah so with all that in mind i can't wait to hear what your question is what is love what what is love is love what for, is love for the world for you for just for me, I don't want to answer anything for anyone else. I just okay. want to know if I know what it is. What is love for what you? What is love? Okay. I'm just going to quickly tune my guitar because that was there's something a little pitchy on that last one. Then I'm going to have you spin the wheel. Right now? Not yet. Okay. Phew, I wasn't ready. <laughs> there you are, you nasty little B string. Don't oh. worry, that's what she likes to be called. Nasty little B string. Nasty little B string. It's like that's what isn't that like a that's kind of a little Utah, little Utah come on because they're all about the bees, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The the minor league baseball team is the bees. The state state bird is a bee. 
It's this, it's a seagull, I think. What is it? The bees are on the flag or something? Uh, there's it's beehive. Yeah, the, well, they are the beehive state. Yeah, that's the their, beehive state. That's their motto, all, slogan, whatever nickname. Is there drones or? No, like Brigham Young wanted everybody to be a hard worker, and so he was like, "We're all we're like a a hard working beehive." And he liked it because he was because his name he starts with a B. Bee. Yeah. He's the, he was the B, the big B. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyway, <clears throat> so now to engage the Pop Oracle, you get to spin the Wheel of Eight. Na, 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 na. Wheel of Eight. And that's how it's done, Jess. What's the number? Five. Song number five, which is whatever. What? <laughs> All right, well, let's listen to it. We'll see. Okay. Oh, this is good. That is by uh, Vivian Cook. I lost everything last night. I'm starting to think I might have joined the fight. But shit, if I did, I almost broke the first and second rule. That wouldn't be very cool of me, man. I could use a Slurpee and a 40 and some cigarettes. Something to chase all these regrets. I know exactly what you're thinking. A train of thought always comes right when we're drinking. So let's do whatever we want. I'm pretty sure it's legal long as we don't get caught. with me on my knees. Well, I put a little something in my coffee, little something in my beer. That's how we roll around here. I've been going all night. You tell me when I'm not all right. You think you had enough Why have you ever tried The really, really good stuff I could use another hit This time, baby I think you're it So we can do whatever we want I'm pretty sure it's legal Long as we don't get caught That we can do Ever you please, long as it ends with me on my knees. Here we go again. Oh God, can't we at least pretend something other than you and me? This time, baby, let's check behind door number three. I'm praying for a mime, cause I'm going crazy talking all the time but I could use a little time just not to think I know I know I know shut up and finish my drink so we can do whatever we want I'm pretty sure it's legal long as we don't get caught that yeah, we can do Please, long as it ends with me on my knees. 
was whatever from Vivian Cook. Wow. I, I liked it. That's a oh, it's a great song. Great song of hers. I love it. Uh, she's been on the show before. And that was the answer to question, what is love? Wow. Okay. It's whatever we want. Uh, it's, uh, I see, Je- you're, you're, you look really inspired, Jess. Are you, did you have some ideas about that? Uh, uh, let me tell you a little bit about, the, about Vivian Cook and the song, what I know about it. First of all, first of all, uh, so she is a songwriter from the Bay Area. She's very, very young. And she had a not the same kind of wild youth that you have had, Jessa, but in the similar, you know, uh, had experiences with uh, with drugs. And uh, she also had uh, she had a bunch of friends commit suicide, and she used drugs to, you know, drugs and partying to sort of, and music to heal herself through it. And then this was a song that came out of that batch. My friend R. Walt Vincent, who was in my band uh, back in the 90s, he produced this with her. And I've had such a blast playing the song. I uh, did it, didn't, I took some liberties that she she's singing in the sort of voice that I used for the first and third verse and the second verse I brought in a I tried to make it a, a, a guy more male voice more yeah. of a male's voice so it was sort of a song between two people and in her version it ends with as long as it ends with you on your knees but I didn't want to sing that I didn't want to sing as long as it ends with you on your knees I yeah. wanted and well like the way she meant it with me on my knees like I'm yeah. the guy in the relationship she's talking to mm-hmm. um so I, I I made that change and and I also was thinking I couldn't help it when I was writing when I was when I was writing it when I was getting inside the song I just kept thinking this is such a white song <laughs> we can do whatever we want I'm legal it's legal as long as we don't get caught it's like the exact opposite of the life of people who are illegal even if they don't get caught yeah right Mm. so uh, no offense Vivian I think she'd probably and when she was in here and she played it I remember she was sort of like it was a song that I could tell that she was over a little Mm. bit like she was like I don't I know it's like the single off my record but I don't like that person anymore and what they were doing and I yeah, but I, it's I fun to get inside the song. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's the. I mean, I f- we feel similarly about jokes that we tell. The great art is about being honest about uh, what uh, what you're feeling right now, even if it's not like perfect, you know. And it's what people relate to. So, like, I told I told really really great jokes when my wife left me that were angry. Mm-hmm. angry, bitter jokes that were hilarious and good and people related to them because it was real and honest. But uh, no one wants to stay the same forever. And so we change, and hopefully you're always improving and you get better, and then you don't want to tell that joke anymore. And you don't want to sing that song anymore because you're like, I'm not, that person sucks. Like it, and it doesn't change the fact that it was a completely honest moment and you know she captured something uh authentic about her life but uh i mean i thought listening to the song i thought that uh that i was intrigued by the contradiction that it sounds like a happy song 
and that kind of and it sounds like the the musically sounds carefree and and fun and romantic but lyrically they they sound like people who are convincing themselves that uh uh that they can be happy when they really uh don't want to be they really uh they sound like uh they are just talking about changing but they're not going to and they sound sad they sound like they're trying to numb uh pain and pretend to be like it sounds like we can do whatever we want uh but they uh they aren't <laughs> they aren't doing what they're doing this like they when i really was intrigued when they talked about uh uh door number three yeah they know that there's another option besides just them and and these drugs and this but they're uh they're not taking it like they can do whatever they want but this is what they want to do right now which is just uh not move on like they're just sitting in this pain and sticking with each other even though uh they they know that there's something else out there uh yeah the song is called whatever Mm-hmm. Like, it's not whatever we want. The song is called, what, it's sort of like, uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah I guess. There's, sure. a, there's a an element of dissatisfaction, uh, but it's, like, flippant and, like, who cares, you know? Uh, yeah, that's a very good song, Vivian. Yeah. So, as far as the answer to, like, what do you what do you think when, when, when you think about this in relation to your question mm-hmm. of what is love? I did find the chorus empowering. That it can be whatever uh, I want, and uh, I don't have to uh, s- stick to the same rules and constraints and ideas, and I don't have to even try to put rules and constraints and put it in a box. Uh, and uh, I am intrigued by door number three, and like maybe stop doing the same things and approach love differently and try something new that's scary to you and try uh you know try growing Mm -hmm. well i had some ideas but jessa what did you think about that as the answer to aaron's question the song yeah aaron's uh probably the same conclusion kind of that it's whatever you want it to be yeah i was just kind of thinking about all of like love is something that we talk about a lot and how uh to have a religion that 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 equates all these things together uh love is marriage is eternity is is uh all of these things from childhood to be raised and how it's a question in his mind. And so it makes me ask all the time, like, how do I, like I've had, uh, four loves. I've been in love four times. I've been infatuated. I've been, uh, you know, uh, just had sexual tension go on for a while, uh, that I couldn't figure out what it was cause I didn't get to realize it. And it took me a while to figure Like I've had all these different life experiences, but I think I always knew, but they were all so different. So I just thought a lot about when he asked that question, uh, how do I know? And uh, I think it, then as the chorus was going, I just thought, yeah, it's just what, like, this is uh, 
this is great right now. It doesn't match the profile of every other time. I just know because it's like, oh, this is a path uh, I want to be on. This is a path that feels good for who I am right now and who you are right now. And, uh, yeah, so I was just, uh, the door number three thing was, mm -hmm. I can't remember how that line went, but I thought that that was, um, to me sounded like, do you, do you know that line? What yeah. is the line? Does it doesn't it's, have to just be you and me. Yeah. Uh, here we go again. Oh God, can't we at least pretend there's something other than you and me this time, baby, let's check behind door number three. I'm praying for a mime cause I'm going fucking crazy talking all the time. Yeah, I could use a little time just not to think, I know, I know, I know, shut up and finish your drink. So we can do whatever we want, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Yeah, to me that sounded like a, like a reservation. She's, those are, she's a really great lyricist. Yeah. I mean, a, just, really there's some, there's some just real craftsmanship. I just love it. It's so, this has been, it's been, I, I want to only learn other people's songs now. Because yeah. they're so, it's so just delicious to get inside of someone else's trauma and not have it be your own and yeah. not be able to try it on. It's so, so no great. No you like our podcast, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, except it feels very much my own. I feel more, feel, I relate more to what, what's going on in some of the stuff you talk about for both of you. I mean, uh, with Jessa, with like your sort of, I have a lot of pretty out there beliefs and I end up having to sort of navigate who I can have those conversations with and who I can't and yeah. have a very rich personal spiritual life. And I'm also years later still processing the breakup. And so going through your breakup with you has been really, you know, again, it's like the solidarity and a sense of like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess this is something that I, you know, so it, there are moments of it that are so, I was exactly there. I know the feeling. I like when you talk about the day that, like you in the one episode you talked about the story of finding of her telling you that it was over and the way that it came out. And I just even talking about it, I can I have all of those feelings. I mean, though they're not the same ones, but man, it feels the same. So it's really. I mean, it's. Uh, were you talking about? No, sorry. And something else. Someone else was talking about shamanism. I do feel like there's a, something shamanic in what both of you are doing on the podcast, is that you're both using your own experience to take the rest of us on a journey of, uh, of your learning that we get to learn on. So it's just... Wow, thank you. Yeah, it's really, it's really fantastic. He is called a shamanic and genius. Yeah, yes. so. this is a great... <laughs> yeah. We'll come back anytime. <laughs> <laughs> But I do want to say something about my idea. So, but I do want to I do want to push back a little bit on the interpretation because okay. I feel like what you said about the idea that so it's like this pretty melody, but underneath it's like all this dark stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's love. Is that there is like we think of love as all the as the the good part, the connection, the dancing together, the being in rhythm, the moments of kismet and synchronicity. But there also it's just all this churning mess our psychology like whether whether it's our own individual psychology or it's the psychology that we live in as a all together like we can say oh that story of fall in love get married da, da, da. i didn't believe it but like you saw i told you how flippantly i approached marriage you yeah. say those words even if you don't believe it spells are real it you know these the the culture holds that institution in such high regard and in such that as soon as you touch into it it and you become a believer 
it because the the idea is so strong out there that even if you don't believe in it, we would laugh at it. We wouldn't take it seriously the whole time. We were taking it so seriously that we ended up having to end it at some point. Like if we didn't take it seriously, we wouldn't have had to end it, right? right. So that's I, I think that's the other piece of it is this is what and. <laughs> Uh, I tend to take things one of these I enjoy your show is like you get away with going into some really deep dark territory I always feel like I'm being a downer about it (laughs) but to me the answer is always yay and eh, no it's hard work and mess and if you you take the lid off of anything you see a mass of contradictions and you know from the standpoint of enlightenment a cool little trick and from the standpoint of humanity just endless pain. Um, and I think, I think that's, to me, that's what the song is saying is love is, is finding the moments of whatever inside in that where an agreement with someone else, even if it's not the right, even if it's not what we call love. Okay, I found an agreement with one person. We're going to share this shitty part of our life for this time and maybe it'll be over. But that snapshot is a snapshot of a kind of love. It's just... Not something you aspire to, right? It's just something that sometimes that we all have been in at one point or another. Maybe. I don't know. So that was my interpretation. I liked that. Um, I didn't even like it, so thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to tell you what I see. I don't, I don't have to like it. Um, that's the thing about doing a work of genius. It's not supposed to be popular. It's supposed to be true, you know? And again, yeah. I... I had to. I've, I've never talked about that word on this show, and I just wanted to do that with the with the two of you because that's what I see reflected in in your work. Is like, oh, oh thank you. You know, uh, you know, it's not something you want to be though. Genius is hor- you want to be a pop star. You want to be a successful person. You want to be a you want to be enlightened. Being a genius is like the worst gig I in the world. I also want to be nice. I don't know. I feel yeah. like no, no g- geniuses are always. Uh... Name uh, in the word in the words of uh, another genius, Kanye West. <laughs> name one genius that ain't crazy. Like, well, there's so many uh, asshole geniuses. You know? First of all, you can't name a genius who's alive. I mean, <laughs> if they are recogn- if you can call them a, a genius while they're alive, there's a good chance they're not. They just seem really smart in their time. Like so, that's the thing. Kanye, me, you, none of us are geniuses. We don't know, but we are, we're toiling away at a work of genius, which I, I, again, it's just like a philosophy for the most effective strategy. Approach what you're doing as if it is a pri- something that's going to mean a lot to, to the world. Right. Otherwise, you're going to do it sloppy. You're going to do it, make easy choices. You're not going to dig in, maybe share the thing you wanted that you share on your show that right. would be embarrassing because why would you do it? No, you're not getting. Um, right. You making bank on Mormon and the Method? <laughs> no. <laughs> One day, man. One day we will. Oh yeah, it's the dream we're all striving for. Mm-hmm. That had podcast at the end of the rainbow. <laughs> podcast of gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. Well, it's been a it's been a blast. I uh, I I look forward to season two. Of Thank you. I don't know what 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 trouble are you gonna. What's... We don't know either. I feel like well, did we are, are we uh, did we fix everything? What is our podcast is done now? <laughs> it's not cool anymore. What are we gonna do? You now? need to bring in a third, a new broken person. Mm. Is there an, door number three? Yeah, uh, bring in door number three. Who's Mormon, meth head, and a and a, and a Mennonite? We'll get a. <laughs> uh... <laughs> 
try something new. Mormon, the meth head, and... Mormon, the meth head, the junkie, and the Jehovah's Witness. Nice. Well, you could be, you could have a, you have a Patreon, right? You should yeah. have like a, yes. you should have a contest. See, like you need to find someone out there who has an equally uh, no, complimentary. Oh my God, all we get are like, we get so many people who are like, oh, like they'll start a, a letter out being like, oh, I relate so much. And then it ends with like, I should be on your podcast. I could tell stories. <laughs> and then we get really uh, selfish and we're like, get, the, get out. And we don't, like, no, it's for us. So this one, I'm, I'm not us. I got a, I got a note to that person. What do you got to do? Start your own podcast. There you go. Start your own podcast, and then you invite them on your podcast. Yeah. And then you just don't do your podcast. You do their podcast on your podcast. Boom. Then. Which is usually what I do to people's podcasts anyway. <laughs> so. And they also do well if you compliment them. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and give them, give them snacks. We got to take that some snacks. Thank you for the snacks. Well, well thank you. Thank you. So uh, first, give, so give us the, the lowdown where we find Mormon and the Meth Head, of course, at uh, Starburns Audio. Mm-hmm. Yep. You get mormonandthemethhead.com, patreon.com, backslash Mormon and the Meth Head. And uh, uh, is yeah. there some place I can come see you and talk through your show like a fucking asshole? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> every city we go to. <laughs> You said this isn't this is airing in April. Yeah. Uh, well, April sixth, um, we're in Delaware. April seventh, we're in DC. End of April. End of April. Damn it. Uh, we've got n- nothing in May scheduled so far. So you can so you can book them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Mormonandthemethhead.com has our tour dates. Mormonandthemethhead.com. Oh, cool. Well, we'll see you up there with uh, with Chris Kirk. Yeah. Shout out to Chris Kirk. Shout out to all the Mormons and all the meth heads. And all you synchromaniacs, it's been great hanging out with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio